and welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Liz. And I'm Holly. And this month, well, this episode is actually rarity these days. It's just me and you. I know. Like, no <laughs> authors, no book club. Like, it's it's kind of nice just to have the two of us to be able to, to chit-chat and get into trouble. Um but it's I did. Well. I, I mean, we've had Harry Potter one a few months ago, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's been pretty full of, of guests. We've had, we've been pretty lucky this year. It's been last so year, we've had... fun. <laughs> it has been really good, and also the the book club girls. I absolutely love having them on. That's always always a good laugh. They're so fun. Oh my gosh, they yeah, they bring <laughs> such a such an added energy to the show. And then even yeah. with our guest authors, like we have just been so lucky and so fortunate to have had so many um, great authors on. And you know, we we filled up this year pretty quick. And you know, and surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. just so you know, because I don't even think I told you, I uh, I think we have uh, a guest author already scheduled for February. So later this fall, no when we, yeah. When we put our our 2024 calendar together, we'll already have. Um, I think we'll already have February squared away. So it's just that's pretty crazy. Okay, well that, in that case, any authors who are wanting to get in next year, book in now because <laughs> we're booking up. We, we are... are like sought after. I mean, we're Mark just so popular be... now, and we're just like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and March is probably going to be our next book club episode. So yep. yeah, we'll be looking at April months. Yeah, so probably about like I would say probably September, end of September, beginning of October, we'll kind of start putting our 2024 calendar together. So excited to see what another year brings. It's a hard time being popular. It is. <laughs> Gosh, you know, it's. But I think I think if anyone can handle it, it is us. I think, I think we will so. do it with grace and dignity. Yeah, I think what we need now is we need to we need sponsors. So anyone out there who runs like a bookish company. <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, feel free to. <laughs> Absolutely. We won't say no. <laughs> well, Liz, summer is winding down. Oh, I know. It's it's gone so fast. I mean, how are we we're already almost mid August. One's drops will be mid August and yeah, soon be September and and time for autumn, time for the next rerun of, of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> so <laughs> spooky season like it's just it's just crazy like you know and it's the whole year's gone like stupidly fast to be fair and it's back to school season for my kids like this the day this episode drops my kids are going to be at school helping with our freshman only day they have their my son has his first day of his senior year he this is his last year i can't believe one i can't believe i mean i'm definitely not old enough to have a 17 year old (laughs) senior but i just can't believe this time next year i'm gonna be we're gonna be doing a show and i'm gonna be talking about moving him into college yeah it's gonna be it's it's the beginning of the end for for (laughs) high school career i know it's just crazy but it's just it's just been a wild ride and um you know it's and the thing is nothing slows down in the book world either no it sure doesn't so um you might have known that, like, some of the romances right now, there's always trends that go through kind of different eras, different ages. At the moment, one of the most popular trends, which you may have seen, is hockey, um, which is going to be more of, a, more of an American thing because hockey's not really a big deal over in this country. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, we play hockey at school, but we remember we had this conversation yeah. with Steph, um, and I think our hockey that we play is what you call street hockey. Yeah, because it? it's in the, yeah. it's in the streets, right? It's out like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of. It's not like the playground. But... Well, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ours is, like, actually like, played like, on cereal. ice. <laughs> well, yeah, we have yeah, multiple. Yeah, we have, we have the street I- We have the street hockey. Yeah. We have field hockey that's played on a field. But this kind of hockey that we're referring to in, in, in this kind of situation with that sports romance drama is the ice hockey. Um, and, you know, and it's funny because, like, it is super popular. I keep seeing that book, um, Icebreaker. I think that's the, the title mm. of it. I see that all yeah, over the place on Bookstagram. Yeah. It's a super, super popular book right now. And I don't know about you, but sports, like, and I love sports. So this, it's kind of funny that I haven't read any, but I haven't read any sports romance. Like, I haven't read that subgenre. I've read one. Uh, I read the the one that actually Amy um, recommended in our romance oh. episode back in February. I read uh-huh. um, long. I think it's called Long Shot, um, and that was what about um, basketball, which is is interesting. I mean, because it's not too much about football. Um, it's not too much about the sport. It's more this is what they do for a living, uh-huh. and the rom- romance is the core core subject because. I'm not really a sports person. Uh, I'm not really a fan of sports, so. But it was an interesting read. It was it was a really good a good romance. But I think I probably would read this hockey one uh, at some point. And I like hockey. I like going to hockey games, and you know where we live in Phoenix, so we have we have all like professional sports teams. Like we have for football, we have the Arizona Cardinals NFL team for baseball. We have the Arizona diamondbacks. We've been to all these games and for hockey, mm-hmm. we have the Arizona Cardinals or the Arizona uh, coyotes. We have the coyotes team. And so we've been to plenty of professional hockey games and it, it is like, it is cool. It, you know, it's, but I just, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's ironic that a state that's mostly desert <laughs> ice hockey teams <laughs> You, you know what's funny, and I think it's probably because we are in the desert, and it's and like we have had an astronomically hot season this summer. Yeah. We had thirty straight days of over a hundred and ten degrees, oh, no. like like over thirty days, and we had a streak of I think it was twenty one straight days where the temperature was over a hundred and fifteen. Like it's it like we had multiple days. It was 118, 119. Okay, that's crazy for UK people. 110 Fahrenheit is 43 degrees, and 115 is 46 degrees. <laughs> so yeah, we 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 don't know that temperature in this country. <laughs> and, and, and that is crazy. It's miserable. And people are like, well, just just go swimming. Yes. But the water is disgustingly warm because it's like oh, so yeah. hot outside that it warms the pool water. And then you get oh. in the water and you're like, oh, this is like lukewarm. It's not even cold <laughs> pool water. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm but it is. I'm guessing the ice hockey games are nice and cooling. Like It is You get the cold. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and we do. We have several just like ice rinks like ice arenas that you can just go and they have open skate and you like roller rinks like it's just a nice skating rink you can go and you can rent the skates you can go skate for two hours they'll have like open skate nights and um so yeah so we've like i've taken my kids ice skating when they were younger just because it was like 120 degrees outside and it's like 
we got to find something with air conditioning. So you go there and it's yeah. cold and it's inside and it's something fun and different. <laughs> but, but yeah, so going to hockey games is nice when it's really hot outside. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, so, yeah, back to the, yeah, this drama. And <laughs> I think it, it just kind of came about like middle of the weekish is when I first started hearing about it. Would you okay. say that that's kind of a, about right or no you didn't even hear about it until i told you about it no i i found it when you put it on our on our show notes so i was like what (laughs) so really i was just kind of scrolling through like i haven't really been super active as far as posting this week on social media Mm. it's just been it's been super crazy with like work and my family and i just haven't had time so i've just been on there kind of just engaging and seeing what's happening because i don't you know i like to be in the know i don't want to miss anything (laughs) and you know how when you go to um your like your 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 chats like your direct messages and now everybody has like those little pictures and they can post like a little comment i started seeing things about like staying out of the drama you know all of these little comments Mm -hmm. and then i'm part of a couple different like engagement groups and in those in those chat rooms that we have some people started talking about i can't believe the drama and finally thankfully because i'm usually not that person someone's like what's going on i'm like yes (laughs) thank you because then i don't have to be the one to ask (laughs) so if you don't know like you know liz and i are primarily mostly active on bookstagram so we're on instagram we're very active on there you'll you'll find us you'll see us um but book talk on like the tiktok subgenre for book book lovers is book talk and that's apparently where this drama has started and and it kind of does revolve around this 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 hockey like romance subgenre group and there is a book talker who um you know and i'm not you know we're not here to to pass judgment or anything like that we're just this is this is big news in social media for the book for book people, but um, it's been a quiet book, book month for you. <laughs> yeah. Besides the like the the long list for the Booker Prize, you know there hasn't been a lot. That... Yes, Liz, that came out too. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And, and side note with that, with the with the the Booker Prize long list. Remember last year we each picked a book that we thought was going to win. Ooh. And remember, I won the book that I picked. Yeah. ended up winning. But anyways, Kira Lewis. To, yeah, we oh, have to ahead. do that again this year. We'll, when it gets down to shortlist, we'll we'll do it. We'll talk about it on the shortlist. Yeah. Um, so Kira Lewis is a very influential um, book talker. She has her book talk. It has, I'd have to go on, I don't have TikTok, so I don't know. I wouldn't be able to go on and find her. Liz has already turned and she's now investigating. She, <laughs> she's our, she's our resident show investigator when we need, when we need data and information. She, uh, she's all about it. But she, um, is a pretty influential book talker and she has kind of made some waves, um, this past week in regards to some posts that she's been making about the Seattle Kraken hockey team uh and particularly some of the players including alex wenberg um and 
and and some comments videos that some people are perceiving to be inappropriate. Um, the word sexual harassment has come up. Uh, Alex Weinberg's wife has kind of stepped in and said it's gone far enough. And to their credit, you know, and I think this goes for any professional athlete. They're they're in the they're in the public eye. People know them. People love them and follow them and think they're good looking and all of these things. And for the most part, it seems like this started innocently enough and everyone supported them. Like you'll, if you go through and you follow it, you'll see that the Kraken actually gave Kara Lewis a jersey. Uh, and just because they're, you know, in some ways it's support for the Kraken too, right? Well, it's getting them more exposure. So it's getting, it's getting the names out there more, which is getting more popularity for the team. Yeah. But then she, she, and I'm not even going to say some of the things that, that were said in some of these posts because they were kind of, they're kind of crude and lewd and, yeah. and, and disrespectful, but it's, it just kind of shows the, the, ex, you know, again, I can't, I can't, he can't, he keep using the word influence, but you know, the popularity that people have and the impact people can have on this. Um, what did you find? Uh, so yeah, she's got 1.1 million followers on BookTok. Yeah. So and 30.2 million likes. So yeah, she is. And we're talking some of her video, like some of her sort of biggest videos gets one of them got 12.3 million views. But on average, she gets two to 800,000 views. So oh she's my yeah, God. very very big influencer. Um. And it even one of the videos even says that she was actually um, the the Seattle Kraken um, team actually unfollowed her on BookTok because of this. Um, and she's kind of saying this wasn't like it was only meant to be a joke. But I mean, there's certain there's only a certain limit. Everyone has got a limit, and mm-hmm. once you cross it, it's kind of no matter what how you mean it, it's still gonna hurt. And and shouldn't she just live by Spider-Man's motto? Shouldn't we all? With great power comes great responsibility. She, she, I mean, honestly, she has 1.1 million viewers. So, you know, sometimes yeah. you just gotta you gotta think like, you know, you can start innocently, and it did. Like everything that you know you see is like everyone was kind of like laughing and supporting it along the way. But then, when you just keep going with something and you cross that line, it's uh, it, it... I mean, yes. Yeah, some of them, some of the comments that she made, it, it it's not surprising that she's getting the abuse because some of it is, as you say, very crude. And as people like considering how many women have been catcalled and they don't like it, we were talking about this before the show. You would like we're surprised that she's doing this because it is just as bad. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between catcalling women to men, men to women? Yeah. It doesn't make it any, either way is wrong. Yeah. And and it's speaking of that, like I'm looking at this as far as like what, um, Wenberg's wife, the hockey player's wife, um, said in some Mm -hmm. statements. And this goes back to Friday the 28th. So this is kind of going on a week now. It's like kind of a, uh, been like a week and a half, I guess now, um, 
but she she said, um, quote, there has been videos and comments made that has crossed the line of what is what it means to fancy someone. She described the comments as predatory and exploiting. And then later in the same post, she said, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, Liz, she said, quote, I feel that women who have experienced catcalling, getting filmed in exposed situations should hold ourselves to a higher standard. Because as Definitely. you know, it, it's, 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 it's so true. It goes both ways. It's. Yeah, no, exactly. It's no matter which way it is, it's still wrong. And it doesn't make it any better if it's a man doing it to a woman or a woman doing it to a man. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all fun and games. We all mention, like, celebrity crushes. Like, how many times have you seen on Instagram, like, somebody post and their question um, of the day is, who's your current celebrity crush? Like, it, it that's that's all innocent. That's then, fine. Like, like, that's not crossing the line. how many conversations have we had about the Darkling? <laughs> how good looking the Darkling is. Yeah, That is absolutely fine. But it's when you start being crude, especially... When they said one of the videos, um, he, she was shouting at him whilst he was like um, warming up for a match and doing like stretches, and it's different saying it on some some like on a platform compared to saying it in real life to the person out loud. Yeah, and I just think so, like because yeah. she has such a high influence, sometimes there you know people are going to be like, oh, that's what book talks about. That's that's the kind of videos they post on book yeah. talk and it's not no exactly it's unfortunately with any community you're always going to have that that toxic side and when the toxic side starts getting stronger is when the rest of the community suffer for it mm-hmm. and unfortunately that's what's happening here is that yeah for people who don't know the book talk community they're just going to think oh this is what it's like this is not nice this isn't this isn't right but it is, we know it's the minority. Exactly. And yeah. and yeah, and that's just, you know, it's just the way it is. It's just like, you know, I am 100% a supporter of free speech. We've talked a million times on the show about book banning and censorship and all of those things and people having the ability and the right to say the things they want to say, to write the things they want to write, to read the things they want to write. But at the same time, there is just a human a human responsibility piece, a human respect piece that we just need to be cognizant of how we treat each other. And, you know, yeah, there's a difference between reading a book that makes you uncomfortable because it's, it's approaching a difficult topic and a difference in directing that at a person about that person who's going to make that person uncomfortable. Um, and that no, becomes definitely. more of a, yeah, like a personal attack. So, um, so yeah, so just a little bit of drama in the, um, in the the book world so yeah hopefully next month or at least in two weeks time we'll have something a bit more upbeat or like something fun like i don't know another adaptation or uh something interesting as long as it's not like author deaths or anything it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but but it's actually you know we haven't really had a topic like this in the past to talk about exactly it's a nice little nice little bit of difference like a different topic for once so it's been nice to kind of to have as you said a bit of variation but we want something a bit happier for the next one (laughs) but the good news is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're actually going to start talking about some books so we're going to we're going to take a quick book liz and i uh she hasn't finished the book yet i have which 
what? Um, I know. So we're going to, when we return, we're going to talk about a book that we've been currently reading, um, uh, a new release. So stick around and we'll talk about it in just a minute. And welcome back. Apparently during our break, Liz let me know that my choice of words was one, perfect, but also incorrect. Apparently I said when we were going to break that we were going to go book. Well, you know, it's a book It's a book I mean, podcast. If, if, if it had been a long enough break, I probably would have booked. I would have booked too. <laughs> I've got See, my Kindle right here. I've got my Kindle we've, right just, here. we've just created a new verb. We're going to go book. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just for this the show, I was reading up until the moment you sent me the link. So, <laughs> see, there you I go. Was, I was booking lots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna book all afternoon. <laughs> yeah, now it's just starting to sound a bit dodgy. Though. Okay, no. All right, all right, Liz. What book are we gonna talk about in this segment? Uh, so. We usually talk about a book that we've been currently reading or recently finished, and as we uh, we did a buddy read of this one, well, we we kind of did a buddy read of this one. Now, usually what happens sort of. is yeah. usually yeah, usually I end up reading quite far ahead um, and finish before Holly. This time, because I was reading uh, a Stephen King book, which was very arduous and long, um, I didn't read it as much, and so Holly was the one that sped up sped ahead. And she's finished it. I'm about 63% of the way through. Um, and that is the brand new release that came out uh, two weeks ago now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is A Soul of Ash and Blood by Jennifer L. Armitrax. Um, that is the fifth book in the From Blood and Ash series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's written from the point of view of Kaz. So rather than having it from um, Poppy, who's our usual narrator, we've got a completely different point of view. And, yeah, I mean, so far for me, I'm really enjoying it. We were saying about this before. I thought, like, we didn't need another book. This is going to be exactly like number one because it's telling the same story. But it's, it is and it isn't. We're getting a whole other kind of, a whole other side to the story. And it's kind of rounding out and filling in the gaps that we, to be honest, that we didn't even know we were missing. <laughs> in my point exactly. Of view. You know, and you um, get from the blurb that on like there's a reason that we're getting this book. Like it's not just because, you know, Armantrout's like, oh, I need a fifth book and I don't know what to write about, so I'm just gonna go back and rehash book one. Like there there is actually a legitimate reason and that is and you'll get this from the blurb, is that Poppy goes into into stasis, which is basically like kind of like a coma and she just goes to sleep and doesn't wake up and she, and Cass and Karen are told that they have to talk to her and like the whole time she's out you know they kind of need to talk to her remind her who she is and just keep their voice going into her subconscious so that she'll remember yeah. everything when she wakes up and so there's a reason um, for this and I guess like you know you don't know how long she's going to be out so what do you talk to someone about except life that's true I mean just before we go any further uh, if you haven't read the first one from Blood and Ash uh, maybe skip ahead by like 10-15 minutes yeah uh, because we probably will be saying spoilers uh, if you haven't go and read it because it is a fantastic fantasy series um, 
which Holly got me into. <laughs> it's Holly's fault. It's and we fault. actually we actually Betty read the last book, uh-huh. which is the War of Two Queens. Um, came out last year. Uh, yeah, last like a year ago in March. Yeah, it was about yeah, over September time, wasn't? It? Oh, was it March? I think it was March. March. Oh, I thought it was March like, or April. September time. I could be wrong. Yeah. I thought it was in the spring. Uh, oh yeah, of course, because it was. Um, it was just like near the end of COVID mm-hmm. because they had issues with the supply, which is why yes. I couldn't get a physical copy. That's right. All I could get was either um, ebook or audiobook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you chose the audiobook and I chose the ebook. Yeah. But anyway, going off topic, <laughs> as always. As always. Um, as always. Oh, but on the, on the but, point of spoilers, we're not going to give any spoilers about this book. So, yeah. But because this book it. is based on book one, if you haven't read book one, spoilers. If you've read book one, this won't have any spoilers. We're not going to talk about how it ends. Like, we're not going to give anything away that you don't already know. Okay, okay go on. So, yeah, no, I, as I say, I'm out about, I think, 63% because I'm reading the ebook. And. It's yeah, I'm finding it it's such a like it's such a ride. It's been really emotional, kind of getting it all from his point of view. And at the same time, there's different events that happen. You're like, oh my god, I never knew that because Poppy never knew it, and he's she's only finding out now. Um, which is really yeah, it's really fleshing out the characters and especially the character of of Cass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, I just got up to the really emotional bit of of Victor. I just read uh, about Victor's death again, and it was. I don't want to relive it again. <laughs> but like what I was it telling was you so over uh, before the show started when we were talking about it is I felt the same way about the Victor scene. But because it's from a different point of view, the emotions behind that scene are different. Um, where you, yeah. where we got to see that scene from beginning to end with from Poppy's point of view in From Blood and Ash, we, we felt the emotion. It was, it was like, I remember the chapter it was in. I remember like that was a big, big, <laughs> thing i was just like that was probably like a pivotal scene for me in that book here you know Cass didn't get to that that scene as early as poppy did he missed some elements so we don't get to see certain pieces of that scene um, in this book because Cass wasn't there for it so we see it from a different perspective we can see him experience poppy's emotion and we know that by the time of victor's death Cass already had feelings for her and so yeah. we can see it's just a different emotional like we can still feel poppy's like complete just heartbreak over victor's death but we see it through a different lens um and it's it's just as hard because it's like it was such a powerfully oh, yeah. emotional scene I think it's interesting, though, because it was emotional the first time because Poppy was, she was distraught. It was mm-hmm. somebody who's grown up with her since the child. It's like her dad. And basically, yeah, exactly. He she, he taught her how to protect herself, and he's always been there for her um, as her protector. So you've got the direct pain from Poppy um, in the first book. But in this book, I feel that it's more emotional because it's, Cass feeling that emotion and it's Cass being affected by how much she's in pain and it's mm-hmm. I think it's when he he really starts to th- to like realize just how much he feels for her because this loss is really affecting him and the way that he she is reacting the fact that she is sleeping through everything and she is complete mess mm-hmm. is really messing with him mm-hmm. um I think that's why this scene is emotional in this particular book which is 
I thought it was really interesting um, how we had the different the same scene emotional for two different reasons because mm-hmm. this is also probably the scene where you know he he'd been debating like and a big piece of this is getting to see Cass and his his wavering of his plan like you know you yeah. learn right away that what his plan is is to take her to hold her like kind of like hostage and ransom to trade her for his brother but you begin to see all the second guessing of the plan. Like he begins to like try to figure yeah. out, well, how can I get both? How can I keep her <laughs> and get my brother? And it's just like his emotional turmoil just in what he has been trying and setting up to do for decades. But now all of a sudden it's just like, you know, there's just something there now about her and their emotional connection that, Poppy doesn't even realize necessarily is quite there to the degree that Cass does. Um, and it's just, it's just, you know, when I first started reading it, I, I, you know, I was excited to get back into the world of Atlantia and all these characters, but I also was not excited about having to reread a book. And, <laughs> yeah. but as I got going, like it, there was a comfort. Like I felt so comforted yeah. going back to revisit some of the, you know, the, the, the first the events of the first book yeah. and, 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 and see it because there were so many different, and you mentioned this, there's holes that get filled in because like you only saw things from Poppy's point of view. Well, we know mm. from in the book from Blood and Ash, there are moments where Cass isn't with her and we yeah. never knew what he was doing. In this book, when he's not with her, we know what he's doing. We can see what he's doing and it fills yeah. in so much and it just kind of like, makes everything make so much more sense and we oh, can yeah. see that Kieran was there from day like from the very that first was, second yeah. I mean we never knew that we believed that Kieran didn't get involved until they left the until they left the castle so um, yeah that was uh, that was pretty cool I liked that because I like the fact uh, Kieran's always been like one of my favorite characters so mm-hmm. it was nice to kind of see him in there so early and have such an influence from quite early on um, but that was a really interesting kind of twist. And I know you're not there yet, so I'm not going to really say anything. But, you know, once once they leave the capital, you know, they have to go through the blood forest. And there's the scene with the Barats. And, and that's a really cool scene. Um, so okay, you're yeah. you're going to like that scene. That that's a so cool good. scene from, from Cass's <laughs> point of view. But then when they get to the, the little village, and I can't for the life of me remember what the little village is called. Um, but it's like, a, you know, the little Atlantean village that they're kind of like not really telling everybody, hey, we're Atlanteans. Um, and that's where she, that's where Cass tells her the truth. That's where she learns the truth about everything. That scene in the barn where the other, um, like, protectors, um, like the other guards are trying to take her out to kind of take her away, that whole barn scene is really, really cool from their perspective. And you get to see some things from Kieran's perspective and, um, you know, the other, the, the other Wolvens like Delano and Anil and all of them. So it's, it's really, really cool. So you have, you have some really yeah. cool scenes coming mm-hmm. up that you get to relive from a different perspective. Yeah. And no, I am looking forward to, to kind of getting back into it. As you say, like for me as well, I felt pretty much like from the first few ca- chapters after getting into it, it was just cozy and it's not necessarily a book that you'd call a cozy romance, like a no. cozy fantasy, but there's something, as you say, so comforting about the world. 
because I think because we've been with them for so long, it's been, been like five books now. And there's something kind of comforting about going back with Cass and, and Poppy again um, and being in their world. And as you say, going back to where it all started, where it all began, which for a lot of series wouldn't necessarily work. But because those two were such strong main characters, it and now we now know it's actually quite important for us to see both sides mm-hmm. because it gives us the whole story. Whereas if we just had a book which had one main character, as we often see, it wouldn't necessarily work. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why I I love books with multiple points of view because, like, within one book, you get some of those those holes filled in. But in a book and a series like this where there's just – there's so much detail. There's so much depth to the characters and to the events and to the motivations, and there's just – this book would never – really survive as a multiple I don't think anyways that it would survive as a multiple um, POV book just because it's just it's there's just too much yeah I think it would have made it would have made it too complicated it mm-hmm. because it was just too much going on at once you yeah. needed the two books with the different POVs like that and I think you really needed that first book to be from Poppy's point of view because as the maiden oh, she yeah. doesn't know anything and had we seen... You needed that innocence. Yeah. And and as a reader, we didn't know a lot of stuff. We didn't know everything that was happening with Cass and, like, his motives and, and everything. So as the reader as well, we were all, we were all the, like, the yeah. main and we were all the innocent, naive people just kind of going through the motions, learning things. And so, you know, and it was a perfect point because we'd had four books of pretty intense... <laughs> you know, events and, and plot oh twists God, and yeah. like you name it, it's Same happened section. in those last, th- those, those four books. So having this book as book five, yes, be one, like, ah, because I, there were things yeah. I forgot, like going back, I'm like, Oh, I forgot oh, yeah. that scene or I forgot that Definitely. scene. And so that was really cool. And, you know, to kind of bring it all full circle. Yeah. The one I, I tr- the one scene that I've truly enjoyed so far has been, um, the one with Poppy, um, basically chopping up the the duke oh that that, that felt good yeah that was a good scene <laughs> when 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 he when he says oh um what was it so she was uh oh clearly the royal guards have stepped over the like stepped over a line mm-hmm. because of the fact that she was crying over um over victor and it's just like oh yeah that's a nice little hindsight as to what probably becomes but uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting because it kind of also reminded you where Poppy came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was never like the complete innocent, naive girl that they wanted her to be as the maiden. But she was still, she was very repressed. She was, she was innocent to some extent because she hadn't really known life outside. Oh, absolutely. Um, she was super so naive. She, she, exactly. she just had a recklessness so, about her. Yeah. So it was I think she's got probably one of the most interesting character arcs in a series because she turns from this naive innocent girl to a complete badass. Mm-hmm. Um strong, independent, crazy. Uh, so it's nice to kind of see where she came from and like be reminded of just just how much she's changed. And it's funny because we talk about and it's great because this is our character episode so in a little bit we're going to 
dig a little bit deeper into characters. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's it's cool that you brought up Poppy's character arc and the fact that she starts as this, like, more of like a naive, submissive, even though she is reckless and, yeah. um, you know, and adventurous and it, as an underlying piece of her that she's just never, ever able to really experience. But she arcs and becomes that. Whereas Cass starts off as like a hard ass the other way around. And as we see him yeah. develop through this, <laughs> this series, he becomes more of this like mushy, gushy, like yeah. protector. <laughs> like he's still a hard ass, yeah. but he's just like he has this like squishy softness to him now that you don't well, he really. He becomes human. Yeah. He's humanized by, yeah. by Poppy. So. But yeah, no, it's, it is interesting. They kind of almost like swap roles throughout. Yeah. Um, and I won't say anything about the ending except the fact that it is not <laughs> expected. It was one of those things that I was, I was listening to the audiobook and I have the hardback, like I have a hard copy of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I was listening to the audio in the car and I was waiting for my daughter to get out of dance class and I literally had, and I'm like, please run over, please run over, please run over. <clears throat> because when the when the time hit for her class to end, I still had like two, I had like two and a half minutes. It's all I had left. And so I'm like, I'm I'm like I'm listening to it, and I have like my phone in front of me so I can see the time countdown. And I'm like looking at the door to the dance studio, and I'm just like back and forth, back and forth, and I'm just like engaged because it's like that that climatic moment yeah and you know i had about it got down to like a minute and a half and here she comes walking out of the studio (gasps) and i'm like dang it and so i'm like slow down walk slow walk slow walk slow (laughs) so by the time she gets to the car and it's like nine o'clock at night i'm not gonna keep the car door locked and make her stand outside the car so i pause it so she, so because no. she's gonna, because I, I know she's gonna, when she gets into the car, she's yeah. gonna be like, blah, 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 you know, she's gonna want to talk. So I pause it as she opens the door to get into the car. She sits down and I look at her. I'm like, I have a minute and a half left of this book. So I just need you to sit there and just be quiet so I can finish this book and then you can talk all you want. So we listened together to the last minute of, minute and a half of the book. And I'll tell you, even she was like, whoa and she has no idea what's going on but she's like what is happening and so it's like yeah it's it's an intent it's a cliffhanger it is a how dare armin trout end this book in the middle in the middle of this like massive moment like why do you do that to us and we've got at least two years as well which is the worst thing yeah, because you said that the we next no book that idea. comes out is like a supplement, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's written from the size uh, from the perspective of Miss Willa. I can't wait for the that the one. author of the the dirty journal. The dirty the journal. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I want the, the thing is the only bit that's going to really cross over is when because she's only in like a few scenes with Poppy mm-hmm. in the last book in mm-hmm. War of Two Queens. So yeah be interesting to see kind of what where, whereabouts in the timeline yeah. uh, retelling is going to be and like what her like why 
what happens in her life is so important to 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 the the plot like because it's like you I know mean, the diary her writing, I yeah mean, i mean without her writing the diary she wouldn't have been such a smutty exactly <laughs> she wouldn't have had such ideas <laughs> but but why do we need her background though like the diary is important but why do we need her background leading to the diary like that's what i'm interested in to know like you know because i don't necessarily enjoy books just because there's an angle that you could take and yeah, there's not a direct connection to the to yeah. like the the main storyline because then i just think that you know we're trying too hard to make something fit that doesn't yeah, fit and the diary definitely has a massive role like and that's and it's yeah. fun and it's comical and it creates kind of some behaviors in and poppy that are fun but that's why I'm curious to know if we, how we're going to be able to get a full book out of out of her. I don't think it's really a full book. By the way, I'm just reading about it now. I think it's it's being called a compendium. So, so it's more like it's a novella. Yeah, it says um, comprehensive companion guide for background history, reader favorite information, art and reference materials, combined with original short stories and scenes from some of the world's most beloved characters, as well as never before seen visual enticements. Uh, um, it's actually for um, both um, Blood and Ash and also Flesh and Fire, so the other the other side series. Hmm. So it's not just yeah. on her, on that character. It sounds no, like no, it's on it's like just, it's, a bunch of like stuff. It's just yeah, she's narrating it, I think. But it's yeah, I don't think it's good. It's not even a proper novel. It's just like a yeah, it's a compendium. So they could bring. But out that still it. sounds kind of cool. It's like a history book. Like well, yeah. But you could bring that out like in between. I'm hoping that means that we don't have to wait as long for the next one because this one, I don't imagine this one being as long. Yeah. Just because it's a compendium, so it wouldn't have been as much work. So I'm hoping that this one is kind of like the number six is going to be shortly after. But yeah. we don't know yet. We haven't any idea. They haven't announced it. Um. Yeah, and it's crazy because that's gonna be the last one I think, as far as I'm aware, number six. Yeah, I thought initially it was supposed to be a six book series, which could be yeah, why yeah, we're we're weird. prolonging the book six yeah. release. So, um, all right. Yeah, well, if you haven't ending. started the series, you got to read the series. <laughs> if you like fantasy, it's yeah. it's it's a great fantasy fantasy series. Um, I know, me too. All right, so let's move into New York Times bestsellers list um, for this week. Fourth Wing, back in the top spot. Yay! Such a good book. And I'm so excited because in two weeks, in two weeks, our book club is back. And this is Fourth Wing will be our focus of discussion. And it's so good. So good. It's going to be good. Yep. Book number two and three on the charts this week are new releases. Deadfall by Brad Thor is number two, and Lightbringer by Pierce Brown comes in at number three. And then Colleen Hoover, we can't forget about Colleen Hoover. She always hangs out. Uh, she she <laughs> rounds out the top five with number four and number five with Never Never, um, a book that she wrote with Taryn Fisher. And then five is It Ends With Us, which seems to always end with Be us on there. So, exactly. <laughs> we end the top five with <laughs> that's all right i've heard of i haven't heard of deadfall but i've heard of, of pierce brown um he's quite a big kind of fantasy author mm-hmm. i think he does he does one called the red rising series i don't know if that's part of that series you have not know. got the red rising series i've read red i've read red rising 
I have you. Yeah, I have it. See, I have it right here. Oh, no way. Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I did. It's, it's, um, and it's funny because my son also read it when he was uh, a freshman in high school. He did it as a, as a project. Um, but he, it, it's it's very much Red Rising is very much um, like a Hunger Games kind of book, where okay. you, you have but you have a male main character who yeah. is kind of like on this mission. Some things happen to him at the beginning of the book, and he is now on this like personal vendetta to like bring down like the government that has created this very dystopic type society, and mm-hmm. he kind of manipulates the situation in a way that he is able to blend in with the like the upper class um, society people and is and he's a smart guy and he he does what he needs to do and he ends up being part of this like academy that has a competition and like the like you every like you kill each other like the kids kill each other but they don't really like die that just takes them out of the competition and it determine yeah it determines like your role in this elite society like the government like the government that oversees this dystopic society so his goal is to win this battle to the death kind of competition in order to achieve the highest status so that he can bring the government down from inside but it's a series like it's a whole series so so the first book is literally just him getting into this academy going through this hunger games-esque type situation um and that's really all book one is i haven't read book two okay so yeah so i just looked up like bringing it is number six in the series oh well see there you go so all right yeah I i haven't heard of the battle book no, it's 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 really good. Like I read, well, I did it um with the I like I listened to the audio of it and I struggled a little bit with the narrator and the accent, and I think that's part of why I like I started book 2 and I just couldn't keep going with it. Okay. So, but book 1 I liked. I really enjoyed book 1. Yeah. So, I might give book 2. Ooh. I think it's called Golden Sun. Um a, I might give it another go at some point. <laughs> so, but After then your, your never-ending TBR. I might never-ending TBR. <laughs> um, and then we mentioned last episode that we, for some reason, our we used to include the number one young adult hardback, and for some reason it got dropped off. So I brought it back. So this week the number one young adult hardback is House of Roots and Ruin by Aaron A. Craig, and this is the sequel to House of Salt and Sorrows. <sighs> I keep hearing, I heard about that when it came out. That one sounded really interesting. Yeah, it sounded really good. Did you good. get that one? Mm-mm. House of Sorrows. I haven't read it. It's on my list. <laughs> that one did sound really interesting. I remember when that was first announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really popular on Bookstagram when it first came out. It was. The first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so yeah, what are some books that are coming out? Uh, yeah, so uh, a little bit harder this month because this is for the next two weeks rather than for the next month. Um, but we found, we found some. It's all good. So the first one coming out is The Blonde Identity by Ali Carter. This um, comes out on the 8th of August. So it's already out in the US when this drops. Uh, no, it doesn't. It comes out tomorrow. When it comes out tomorrow, drops. yep. Um, <laughs> and it comes out on the 10th of August in the UK. Next one is Looking Glass Sound by Catriona Ward. 
this comes out in the US on August the 8th and it's actually already out in the UK and has been for quite a few months, um, which is so bizarre. Weird. Like, I put this on the list and Liz is like, it's already out. Are you sure you're not talking about the paperback? And I'm like, no, it's his pre-order. <laughs> But we love a bit of Katrina Ward, so oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind know. of looking to that. I know. Um, we also have The Vampires of El Norte, which is by Isabel Cañas, and that comes out both in the UK and the US on the 15th of August. And then finally, we've got The Invisible Hour by Alice Hoffman, and that comes out in the US on the 15th of August and the UK on the 17th of August. So yeah, just before uh, our next episode. I know, which of course we're like we mentioned, we're super stoked about it. Is uh, we're getting the the girls back together, and we're gonna have our book club um talking about Fourth Wing. So that will probably be a long episode. So we'll probably have to shorten down all yeah. of our our intro there's segments. There's gonna be a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot to talk about. All right, well we're gonna take another short break. We're not gonna take a short book we don't have enough time i know (laughs) (laughs) we can take as long as we want for a break our listeners would have no idea how long we actually take Uh, we could get some booking done Um, but we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into um some character development uh, and just kind of talk about the good the bad and the ugly when it comes to to characters so stick around we'll be right back Welcome back. All right, characters. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> All right, Liz. Are you are you a how important are characters to you in a book? Like are you definitely character driven plot girl? Are you a plot driven plot girl? What are you? I know. The, I think <laughs> I think it varies on, on the genre because depending on the genres depends on how important characters are to me for example obviously romance it has to be character driven otherwise there's not much to a romance um book without the the characters um but when it comes to something like a fantasy i think it's almost like equal weighting between plot and characters because you need to have that balance of a good fantasy world with a decent plot line as well as the rounded characters. Mm-hmm. So it's, I do, I like characters are important to me, but I have had books where I've hated all the characters, but still enjoyed the book. <laughs> 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 um, so they're not kind of the be all and end all. Mm. How about you? I, I am a very, very big character person. Like, um, but I do agree the degree to which I want to see, like, it's got to have a good storyline, like, you know, but a lot of times, you know, the storyline is driven by the conflict. And a lot of times the conflict is driven by characters. So if you don't have a good conflict, you're not going to have a good plot. And it's really going to be the characters that, that um, drive the direction of it. So like, as you were talking about having uh, the plot line to know where you're going, I like it when there is that clear, again, goal, like that conflict, like this is, this is what needs to be accomplished or this is the problem that needs to be solved or, or whatever. But 
even though the author may know how they're going to get there as the reader you don't so what you see is characters influencing the direction the plot goes I like to feel that. I like to feel that it's the characters who are making the plot go in the direction it's going, even though I know that the author is the author knows where the plot needs to go and how it's going to get there, but it's yeah. how the author presents it. So I I'm a huge 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 character person. And I, you know, whenever we talk about, you know, a court of thorns and roses, this is always <laughs> kind of a big you know, place that we kind of differ a little bit because you enjoy the series. But you haven't had read the last book. The last book's not about the person you don't like. <laughs> it's about Nesta. I know. Awesome. I know. And I need to read it because I do like Nesta. You do. But <laughs> I will I will say that there was yeah. a really good plot. Like the plot of that series yeah. is very good. But the character ruined it for you. But I could not get past how annoying I found Feyre. So no matter how, yeah. like I read the first three books and, you know, like I've said in the past, like for a book that's, you know, you look at a court of, what is this? <laughs> a court of silver flames, a book that is 700 and 751 pages. So all of the other books are equally long. Maybe not quite seven, yeah. whatever, but they're equally like, yeah. over like 600 pages. Yeah. The first 400 to 450 pages of every single book for me was like, <laughs> it could have like, and it's just because I just couldn't yeah. get past the character. But plot wise, I do enjoy a good plot. The end of every book, I really, really enjoyed because there was there was like action. There was more characters involved mm -hmm. that kind of balanced out Feyre's annoyingness to me. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I do like Reese. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not like a complete like, you know, idiot. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? You can, I know. You have to like Reese. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I'm definitely, I, I want good characters that I buy into. And they don't have to be good characters, because how do you feel about characters who are morally gray or unreliable? Exactly, I mean, like the Darkling. Again, he has always been morally gray, and I freaking love him. <laughs> but he's also a bad guy. I like, I mean, I like, but is he? Debatable. Because after all, he was trying—he was trying to make the world a better place for Grisha. True, but then did he get corrupted? He did, but then he tried to save the world. True, and he, he did make the ultimate himself. sacrifice at the end. Okay, exactly. That's why he's—he is a very—he is like the definition of Molly Gray. Yeah, and talk I like, about I like, like Molly Gray. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I mean, we started the, the um, series thinking he was a good guy. And then suddenly, whoop, no, he's not. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like morally grey characters. I think they're the most interesting type, to be honest. Because there's just, there's something about them. It's the complexity of them. Mm -hmm. It's trying to understand, okay, so are they good or are they bad? Mm -hmm. But then it's understanding that actually they're neither. Yeah. They... They have certain beliefs, and like I always love the quote from Harry Potter that Voldemort said about power, 
and that there's no such thing as good or evil. It is, um, I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, it is something like a struggle of power. Those like those who are willing to seek it and those too weak to, mm -hmm. to basically take hold of it kind of thing. Yeah. But basically it's saying that it is all about that, that power struggle. It's not good and evil. It is that power. And it's those who are strong enough to hold it and those who are weak, who are too weak. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I really like, I think it just adds an extra kind of layer to the story, having, having morally great characters. And whenever you get one in a book, you're just like, oh, what are they going to do? Because they're, mm -hmm. so, they're so unpredictable. That's the best thing about them. And I think that's what's fun because that's what keeps you yeah. reading. Like, not only do you like the twists and turns of a plot, like in a thriller where you're just like, <gasps> didn't see that one coming. But a yeah. lot of times that also comes with char the characters and what the characters are choosing to do because it's like a good morally gray character you're not mm. going to see certain aspects of them until they're put into a situation that's going to allow that side of them to come out. And it's, it really does, you know, and they, they're more real. I mean, how many people in the world oh, yeah. are, are, don't have some flaw or have some, exactly you know, aspect to them that that's not good. Like, you know, everybody has the exactly. potential to do bad and to do good. And yeah. like that goes back to that Harry Potter quote, everyone has good and bad <laughs> in them. It's what they choose to yeah. do and it's choose what's, what side right, they choose exactly. to, to, to work on. Um, and it's the same thing. With, think... like, go ahead. I was going to say, um, and when it comes to like unreliable narrators, that's one, one area I really want to read more of because I love the idea of having an un unreliable narrator because that is the, the definition of red herring, basically, <laughs> because you don't know where they're going to take you. And whenever people put on like books about unreliable narrators, that's one area that I really want to kind of explore more and really I... kind of adventure around too. Have you read, um, Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. I haven't read any of his yet. So you Is haven't read my life? you haven't read my best friend's exorcism or anything. Mm -mm. So he's a very interesting author. I started with Final Girl Support Group and yeah. uh, that was the first book by him I read and it was it was interesting. I think looking back now I appreciate it a little bit more than I did when I read it. Because in the moment, I'm sure I, you I, slated I, it yeah, like, <laughs> when you first came out. I, I I wasn't a huge fan, and part of it was yeah. like I loved the concept. I thought it was a cool concept, but because the main girl in the book was so unreliable, she yeah. Because you know you got to think like these characters in this book, all these final girls, are traumatized because they are the final yeah. survivors of murders and they're the only person who survived like these mass these mass killings and so mm. they're all all totally like traumatized and unreliable and you know psychologically impacted by the trauma that they endured so yeah it, it makes sense that they're unreliable and it makes sense that they have all these things but um and that wasn't necessarily the piece that bothered me. Like, I, I enjoy a good, flawed, unreliable, gray character. It was just how that character was then embedded into the plot. Like, you know, yeah. I think you have, there's a, I think the okay. author has to do a lot more work to make it more seamless. Yeah. I mean, I think the main book that I can think of um, that I've read that is 
done the whole Unreliable Narrators and was a absolute success was The Last House in Needless Street. Oh, wasn't that? Think about it. We had we had the the cat. We had, we had Olivia and Lauren. So Olivia, the, the Bible reading cat. I love the cat. And reliable narrators. Yeah. And yeah. they just he just did like Katrina Ward did a superb job of putting those narrators in there and basically completely misleading us. Yeah. And they all had stuff going on, and it's like, and because you exactly. had these multiple points of view from these different characters, it's like, what is happening? And, <laughs> um, yeah, and then you get to the end, and your jaw is, like, sitting on the ground mm. for, like, an hour, and your the book is over, and you're still just, like, in that, what just happened? Um, yeah. And to this I day, still... I still think that was, that has still been the most the one book no book has surpassed mm-hmm. that for me as far as like when yeah. it's over being stunned by so yeah 100 yeah, yeah, percent. i was gonna say that and um, it's the it's the, the one book that kind of stands out as i was just completely shocked and i think it stayed with me the longest i mean look these fantasy books they're great they we have a cliffhanger and we're like oh my god what's gonna happen mm-hmm. this one this one made me feel uncomfortable whilst reading it. Yeah. Like it makes you feel almost like like there's something wrong. It makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable. And the feelings that it elicits it's just the writing was superb. And I was kind of hoping to get that with Sundial. I didn't like it was a really good book, don't yeah. get me wrong. Just didn't quite hit spot. It didn't quite And and I think the reason is is because again, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but with Last House on Needless Street she did research to develop that character. Like those yeah. those characters were were developed very specifically. Amazing. She, I mean, and because yeah. there's an author's note at the end where she talks about the research she put into those characters. Yeah. And I think if you're going to create a character that um, has something unique about them, whether you want to do some disability representation or whatever you're gonna have to if you yeah you either pull from your personal experience with it or you have got to make sure that you research and i think with this one i think that's why it was so powerful for katarina ward because she talked about how much research she did and what she did to put into those characters and afterwards you you realize that whoa like she didn't just like come this didn't just come out of nowhere like there's actually something yeah oh no definitely and that yeah that's that's one of those books where i wish i could read it again for the first time because it was just but see now it's like but at the same time i kind of want to read it again because i want to see if there's any of those little easter eggs and little hints and things about the characters and how the book ends to see it's like oh my gosh i completely missed that Kind of thing. <laughs> that was like two years ago we read that <laughs> i know that was uh i was such a crazy that was yeah but, but yeah as I, said, as I say that is one of the the rare kind of unreliable narrators that i can think of that i read yeah. um that's really stood out but that's definitely yeah an area that i want to explore a bit more just to kind of you know and i think it's also why i like more books like fantasy books and like books like last house on needless street more than i like the rom-com kind of books because in the rom-com kind of books that's where you you get more of your stereotypical stock characters and there's not yeah there's just there's not a lot of time and energy put into creating these 
extensive complex characters with backstories and and baggage yeah. and all of that and you know i we do this every year when we when we read like either like beach reads or like you know christmas when we read all our little sappy christmas <laughs> stories i get annoyed like after about two two books in a row i'm like i'm annoyed i'm done i'm like i am so done with these characters um because it's like i feel yeah. like i get this like it's a different city a different problem a different whatever yeah. but it's still the same characters and i just you know i love the complexity. i like reading yeah i like reading like the I like mixing up a few romances in with the mix kind of thing, just as like a nice light-hearted read. Mm -hmm. Just especially when you've been reading something intense or something that's been particularly emotional, it's just almost it's like a little kind of crutch. You go back to it because mm -hmm. it's something happy and yeah. light-hearted, and it's not going to break you. <laughs> <laughs> and and you always gonna, end up like, happy. The book going what? I know. <laughs> exactly. But it's, but you know. But yeah, it, I do. Yeah, I completely understand. Like, I think when it comes to romance, it is very kind of. I mean, it's pretty predictable. It's romance. Yeah. You may not know the middle bit, but you know how it's going to end. You know, exactly. What, nine times out of ten, how it's going to end, which is why most people read romances. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what um, um, what we we kind of discussed in the past. That, yeah. especially when it comes to like Emily Henry, who is pretty awesome mm. but still it's yeah it's for that kind of comfort factor more than anything else yeah and but, um good Karen. <laughs> oh, i was gonna say like and you know with the unreliable characters and the morally gray characters you have those the, the flawed characters which kind of falls into that same category and like yeah. those characters just that just a lot of flawed characters become your unreliable characters because it's like you know you have um, and the first one that i had thought of um, when I was when we we're kind of doing some brainstorming for this this segment, when it came to gray characters and flawed characters, um, is Alex Stern, who is the main character in our in um, Holly Black's Ninth House um, series, and you know here you have a girl Lee who, you, huh? Lee Bardugay. Oh my God! <laughs> How did I mess you're that up? Because you're thinking Book of Nights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wrong book. Okay, so. I'm very gonna, two very different books. <laughs> I'm going to totally be fired from this show now. Oh, my God. I don't even see my book on my shelf. That's the Hellbent. Yeah, I. Yeah. Is it not next to Hellbent? No, that's Fourth Wing and Rule of Wolves. How have you not got all your Lee Bodego together? They must be on my floor. I have a massive stack here on my floor. <laughs> all right, so I try to. Oh, I, wait, found yeah, you, I, I found yeah, it. I found it. Yeah, you put Nighthouse in. You used it for a post recently, didn't yeah. you? That's why. Sorry, Lee Bordugo. Um, God bless. I'm so sorry. I'm like the biggest <laughs> idiot. All right, see, I'm a flawed character. <laughs> I make mistakes too. I'm also really, really tired, so that's that's part of it. I didn't even um, I didn't even get out of my pajamas to do this because I'm gonna go take a nap as soon as we're done, just so everybody in the world knows that. Um, okay, Lee Bardugo's Ninth House, Alex Stern. Stunning, amazing read. It, it's such a great book. Um, you know, and book two came out, which was Hellbent, and it's 
features Alex Stern, who's our female main character, and from the very beginning, she, like, again, another book where when I started Ninth House, I wasn't super thrilled. I wasn't really into mm. Alex. I, yeah. you know, I just was like, she grew what is, me. yeah, she, yeah. she, you know, has done like drugs and just like crime and just yeah. completely not your typical reliable character. She has flaws. She's made mistakes. Yeah, she has baggage, but I love her. I love her now. Yeah. And I love her little misfit band of friends. So. No, that's true. No, oh no, I definitely, yeah, she grew on me. Um, as you say, when when I first started, it's just like, who is this girl? Like, but, why? But she grew. And I need like, and you know, you don't really want to read a lot of flat like your main characters. It's really hard to have a successful main character who's just a flat, static character because they yeah. don't change. You need exactly. Yeah, you need like a. One who grows as the, especially if it's a book series, one who grows with the book series. I mean, another character which I didn't really like at the beginning, but I grew to, to like, was the main character in the Inheritance games. Avery? Yes. Why didn't you like her? I don't know. Just, like, at the beginning, she I just didn't really click. I'm not quite sure, like... I think we we got a better idea of her as the story went through, and that's when you kind of found out a bit more about her, and um, and she kind of like really grew on me after a while. She never really grew fully on me. I'm definitely much more. Um, okay. I think the boys, because there was four boys and one of her, yeah. more effort had to be put into differentiating the brothers from each other. And yeah, no, so, definitely. Yeah, so where I liked her, I thought she was fine. I thought she did a good job in, in the role that she was created um, by Jennifer Lynn Barnes to do. I think that, and that's why I'm super excited that we're having a book about the brothers. Oh, yeah, uh, amazing. <laughs> and, and primarily that book, I don't know if you've read anything about the book, but that even though it's called the Hawthorne brothers and it kind of focuses on the boys, it does primarily focus on Jameson and Grayson. Um, no way yeah oh, so and and That's Avery will so still have an appearance cool. in there and everything because it is it takes place after the inheritance game trilogy ends oh, okay. um, based on my understanding of what I've read to this point but uh yeah I just think that the the, the brothers were differentiated more and I felt that there was more depth yeah. to the boys than to Avery and I think that That's... comes when you have to when you have yeah. So many connected characters that they can't. You can't have all four brothers be the same. Yeah. So you have to. I think that's them. why. I think that's why it kind of took me a while for me to like Avery, mm-hmm. um, Avery as much as I did because they kind of took over the show and like they yeah. shone out more because they had stronger personalities. But then, as like as the story went along and she became a bit more central, that's when kind of her character came out a bit more. Mm-hmm. I just like her best friend Max. Like I, I loved Max from the very beginning. Where Avery was probably my least favorite for the yeah, majority. Max of, is cooler. One hundred percent. Like, <laughs> and even her sister, who was just a, like a, a, like a side character that you saw even less than yeah. some of the other side characters. I liked her sister's personality and everything uh, so much more. Um, 
but it's just because of that. Um, and it's probably also why I like multiple points of view in books because yeah. like it gives, you know, in certain genres, it doesn't, it wouldn't work. We talked about this earlier in a fantasy where there's so much going on, it might be hard or to have a successful yeah. multiple point of view. But in, a, in other books, I, I really like it because then you get, you get to delve into the different characters. But what do you think about like Definitely. side characters? I like side characters. I think some of them, like, depending on the way that they're written, some of them definitely stand out a lot more. And some of them can almost, like, I almost start loving the side characters more than the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kieran is... I know. Amazing. He's always who I think of. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, I always forget his name, but in Shadow and Bone... No, not Shadow and Bone. Um, in Zeppelin and Dove... The character who we love, uh, he is a guard. Oh! He was the younger one. Do you remember the one I mean? I know exactly who you mean. Um, he's the one who, um, he's the younger one that they yeah. all love. Ansel. And, Ansel. Ans- yes, Ansel. See, um, I kind of like him more than the main characters. Yeah. There was just, he was so sweet. And, yeah. I think... Side characters are are really important because they can often bolster up the story. They can often make a good story great. Yeah, exactly. And for most of them, most of the side characters, it's where you get a lot of like um, plot holes filled in, or exactly, you know, the the background connection. Because I mean, you mentioned yeah. Karen already from from Blood and Ash. Without Karen being there and having certain conversations with Cass, there would be no way to get that information out to the reader to know and to develop that character. Exactly. Um, so they're important, yeah, important um, tools. I think side characters are most important in fantasies just because with fantasies, there's often so much going on. You couldn't physically just write a story on one or two characters because mm-hmm. you can't capture what's going on around you enough. You can't physically have two people telling the story of everything going on in the world. You need those side characters to provide that fill-in information. Yeah. And that's when you start kind of get used, get to know them and, like, often end up loving them. Um, and then they die on you and you're crushed. <laughs> and... <laughs> but it's also like... No, so I, talk... I do... I love a good side character. You know, and you're right. The importance of a side character in a fantasy. And then I was thinking immediately the importance of a side character in something like a horror. Because you need other people that can be killed off before the main character. Um, you know, those, those yeah, those side characters because it, it builds the tension. It builds the, the, the fear and the terror and the horror. And, you, you know, you think about some of those those other those other books um like that 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 genre where it's the only purpose those side characters serves is to create the tone and the mood or to create terror and fear in the main character so done well in a horror thriller those side characters are equally important just for a different reason oh yeah but I think when it comes to like the horrors, because they tend to be standalone, you don't really get proper chance to get to know them and to kind of really bond with the character and really relate to it. No, because you Whereas don't need them. You just fans... need them to die. Exactly. 
you just need them to die. That's the quote of the of the, of the episode. <laughs> yeah, you just need them to die so that the main character, you know, because if the main character dies, then the, the story's over. So yeah. you got to build the tension exactly. and and build up but, your, yeah, your in, killer. In ser- I suppose in any series, really, side characters are are very important uh-huh. because without them, yeah, you miss a whole whole lot of story and. You missed some really cute scenes. <laughs> I know. And then you have like, you know, we've, we talked about some character arcs before. And one of my favorite characters as far as like his 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 arc and, and his development um, is Linus from the House on the Cerulean Sea. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> I literally had that in my head. I knew you were going to say that. I, I loved him because when the yeah. book started, I hated him. I'm like, oh my god, get the stick out of yeah. your butt! Like it yeah. was, it was. He was so far removed from this stuck-up, snotty by the book, by the yeah. rule, by you know the word of the law. And you watch him and his his development, his arc. Like I love the book. You know, one of my favorite books. And watch him develop from that stick up your butt kind of guy to what he becomes at the end, like it was magical. It was like yeah. tear jerking. Literally, literally, there were lots of tears. Oh. Oh. That's <laughs> again, a book that also, I want to see a sequel for. Oh my god, I wish. But again, that one is the perfect um, kind of example for why side characters are important. Yeah. Because all those kids were vital to the story. Yeah, he they wouldn't have developed so without them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, again, proof, yeah, fantasy, side characters. But, yeah, I knew you were going to say that one. That mm-hmm. one's, like, that's the one that stands out most for me, with, uh, like, one of them that stands out the most. That one and Poppy's journey in yeah. from, from Blood and Ash because that one is such a, like, it's just such a big turnaround from book one to book five of how she becomes the character that she becomes. And also... She's got some of the biggest revelations in the character of who she actually is. And it's quite funny. I remember in the last book when we found out something about her and it's like, oh, my God, really? And then, you, then you're like, actually, no, she's not that. She's this. It's like, what? Really? <laughs> you remember, they changed it about three times. And each mm-hmm. time it got even more major. And by the end, you were like, you, you can't tell me anything more about this person. You basically now told me the most you can tell me like this is the highest thing that she can be right um and it was just like absolutely like mind-blowing yeah but yeah she is like from from a, a basically a puny innocent yeah naive maiden to what she is now is such a massive leap yeah and to know that like there's still there's still developments and there's still changes and yeah um it's just like you think that she, you know she's been developed and created as much as she can be, and now we're just gonna see the end of the series happen, and then new things happen, and you're just like, how much further can Jennifer Armentrout really yeah. take this character? And it's just like she's beginning to like now take it to you to other levels. Um, but it's the same thing like with Lee Bardugo. You know, we talked about Ninth House. Yes, I now know that she wrote Ninth House. Um, but she also wrote our favorite, like, Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone. And, you know, I love Shadow and Bone, but I am probably more, you know, you know, no, loyal and stuff nice. to it's, Six it's of Crows. Yeah. 
But again, talk about flawed and unreliable characters. I mean, you have Kaz mm-hmm. and you have like all these people <laughs> like, you know, backstreet gangster Amazing kind of. Flawed. Yeah. Yeah. And I and they're all developed so uniquely and differently and, and individually yeah. from each other. But they have to be the way they are in order for them to come together to do what they do. And, you know, and, you know, and, and when you have that, you have your favorite characters. Like I love Inej. Um, like she's one of my amazing. Yeah, and you know, and, he's and, in the second season that you would know. <laughs> <laughs> I would know if I'd watched the second season. I will watch the second season at some point. Um, and I'm just, I am just waiting until I just can't wait any longer because season three has not been renewed yet. So I just, once I watch it. I won't have anything else to look forward to. So at least right now, I still have something to look forward Except to. Except for all the films and book, like all the book adaptations we know is coming out, book it, like films and TV series wise. Stop being so logical. <laughs> Let me have this. But, but I mean, there are yeah, there are certain authors which we know are really talented at character arcs, like Lee Bardugo, like T.J. Klune. Mm-hmm. Um, you because you've read uh, Under the Whispering Door, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Amazing. brilliant character arc. The growth in that main character mm-hmm. from, again, quite a grumpy character to someone who's more respectful and more understanding. And you have to read Wolf Song because also that it's not only is that super emotional, but again, you've got that brilliant character arc. Yeah. And I think TJ, that's where TJ Clune sort of shines is his characters. He is just absolutely wonderful at creating these complex, these kind of challenging characters who just get under your skin and make you feel all the emotions um, and really kind of make you relate to them um, and also make you love them. <laughs> have you read, I don't know if this has ever come up, have you read any of Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum books? No, I did. I bought one from the charity shop a few months ago okay, because like, you kept mentioning her. Yeah. <laughs> like her one for the money, two for whatever. and um, I haven't read any of hers. They... So that's a super super long series i think there she's like in the 20s like 26 27 or whatever right now um super super fun series like if you're looking for a laugh out loud series and and it's because stephanie plum is your character and she's like this fell she needed a job so she got a job with her cousin Vinny being a basically a bounty hunter for people who <laughs> are like ditching out okay. on their bonds and yeah. um but it is so funny because she has no clue what she's doing. And her character is just absolutely hilarious. And, you know, and she's in this little love triangle with these two completely polar opposite guys. You have, like, the, the clean, by-the-book cop. And then you have this, like, almost, I kind of refer to him as, like, Batman. And because <laughs> he, he lives okay. in this, like, tower with, like, these cool black cars and he wears all black and it's just like you know a secret ninja agent kind of guy and um you know he, he goes by the one single name versus the first and last like you know yeah. those three characters are developed they're they're just they're so complementary of each other and how different they are and because mm-hmm. they are so polar opposites of all three of them, makes them work so well together. And then you have some amazing side characters with like her her cousin who's in charge of the the bond 
agency. You have Grandma Mazur, who is like, you know, this 90-year-old, you know, grandmother who has no filter on her mouth and just says whatever the hell she wants to say. (laughs) But it's just, yeah, it's just so fun. And there's, I will say, like, this is one of those situations where there's, there's not a lot of new developments as far as their characters go, but their characters interact their the character interactions is what makes everything go forward and it's okay. and and it's one of those situations where the plot is directly impacted by how they respond not sometimes in the best way to circumstances and the situations <laughs> so you're yeah. like you probably shouldn't be doing that but it's funny and it it, it ends up working but the, that's kind of like another character dynamic where i love like the polar opposite characters yeah. who you know the opposite attract kind of situation but yeah. you have this like love triangle of <laughs> completely different people who all have to interact yeah. with each other in a different because they they fill a different role which makes it more complex on the romance side but then you put in these like impossible stupid you know ironic funny you know sarcastic situations yeah. where she's trying to get these people she's trying to like bring these people back to jail because they were out on their bond and um yeah. but it's it's super funny it's super successful okay. even though those characters don't really grow each book yeah but it's just very much it sounds like very much it is purely kind of character driven mm-hmm. it's yeah. quite a kind of strong character driven plot yeah because here's the plot now the characters are going to drive the plot to get to get to the end <laughs> okay so yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. so characters oh if there's a character as we wrap up this segment who who is one or two or three of your favorite all-time characters. Oh, are we talking first characters? Any, any, just the first, the first names that pop into your mind. I mean, we've been talking about those, so they're probably, it's probably going to be those. Um, I mean, like the Darkling, just because he has been such a complex character throughout all the books. And like, you still don't know who he really is. And, even from the graphic novel, it was kind of like, okay, so he used to be good, and then he got turned, and then like he just keeps going up and down kind of thing. Um, so I'd say the Darkling definitely stands out as being one of kind of one of the characters he stays with me. Um, oh, who else? I've got so many. I'm trying to like pick one out of my head. <laughs> I. I guess I would have to say, not really character. Well, it is characters, but the two main characters from Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh. Because I think that's also kind of like, like your Stephanie story. Mm-hmm. They do grow a bit, but they it's like they grow up more than grow. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, really, deep down, they kind of stay the same, like, personality-wise, mm-hmm. I feel. But their interactions is what made that book. Like, oh, the way 100%. that they... The way they interacted with each other, the way that they reacted to to what the other one did. And, I mean, that book is another one that will just stay with me for a very long time. For tomorrow and tomorrow super- and tomorrow. Uh, 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> it yep. was absolutely superb, superb book. I love that book. Um, so oh. good. And those characters. And it's, it's are... come, and it's now back everywhere again because it's just come out in paperback. Yeah. Yep. So and it's it, just like, oh my god. That but that's good. also another book where the side characters are really, really important. Oh yeah, um, you know, as far oh, as influencing how they how they again, like you said, how they grow up because we meet them as like you know preteens, like eleven and twelve, yeah, and then we see them through end. adulthood, and it's these some of these side characters who come and go in their lives that help them grow up. And yeah, no, definitely, yeah, definitely. In fact, like my local bookshop, uh, they got like an artist to draw the wave from Tomorrow and Tomorrow's cover on the on the um, the front door of the bookshop. <gasps> It looks amazing. Oh, and I find it, a fan of writer and like send it to you. It's yeah, so cool. Such a fun book. But yeah, it's like everywhere again now. So it's just like, oh my god, it's such a good book. Yeah. I was back again. Well, for me, How about you, yeah. Um, and this, this is kind of funny, but she's always been one of my just kind of go-to favorite characters. And there's probably people who do the same things she does in, in their own books and would probably be better, but maybe it's because she's probably, in my mind, one of the originals. But Ginny Weasley. Um, <laughs> I know. It's funny. Okay. Yay. But, um, but for her, because, again, she was kind of like a quiet – she's a side character. Oh, yeah. Like, she's not a main character. Yeah. But when it comes to side characters, she is quiet. She was always kind of in the background. She was very important when she needed to be. Like, when her moments yeah. came, she served her, her purpose. But in an Order of the Phoenix, in the – you know the 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 room of mysteries or whatever like you she came through and you, oh yeah she stepped up the yeah and you saw her development and and as a person as a character and she evolved into this again this fearless badass fighter who is going to do what she has to do to defend her friends to defend her family to do yeah. what's right and I think that there are so many female characters since her that have yeah. done the same thing that, like I said, would probably Definitely. be a better pick as far as a favorite character. But I think it's because, you know, she, she's the original. She's kind of more of like that original, <laughs> you know, character. Yeah. Um, so I'm just always kind of like fond. Like I have this fondness for her and this like respect for her character and what she did oh, yeah. for, for female characters you know, side characters or whatever throughout. Yeah, because as you say, I mean, when when we first met her, let's face it, she was a nobody. Like, yeah. the only reason why she kind of stood out a little bit is because she was a Weasley. Mm-hmm. But also, she went from being a mouse to bagging the titular character. So, go yeah. Ginny. Go Ginny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She, she rose up the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't want to do that? She's a potter now. <laughs> uh, exactly. <clears throat> um... And I guess, because um, I don't want to pick same characters you picked, so I'm going to pick one that I did already mention, and that's um, Kaz, and uh, Kaz Brecker mm-hmm. from Six of Crows. Yeah. Because I love flawed characters, and mm. he's he's flawed in multiple ways, and he has oh, yeah. a lot to overcome, and he he makes a lot of sacrifices for the good of other people, which is really, really hard to do. And um, and he makes even things that he wants, he makes sacrifices for and and doesn't yeah. do those things for him. 
but he he helps develop the people around him and he holds a misfit little group of people who would probably be dead without him together (laughs) and uh and granted he'd probably be dead without them too but it's just yeah it's just I don't know. There's just something about him that I just, I admire his grit, his perseverance, his like, I like him. Um, yeah, his willingness to kind of go to any extent, even if it's not the most moral or legal approach. But to you things. know, deep down, yeah, but you know, deep down, he's still that little boy, that yeah. scared little boy who lost his, his brother when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he's not and I think doing. That make, makes him so human. Yeah, and he's not doing. Even though they're not necessarily sometimes the best things to be doing, he could get like in trouble for doing them. He's not doing them maliciously or vindictively. He's most of the time. If he is, <laughs> there are occasions. So, but, but here's he, but he's doing them because nobody else is holding them accountable. He's almost like a vigilante. And I'm doing it for good reason most of the time. Right. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to say. There's good, isn't it? There's a there's a there's a good reason behind he's not yeah. just doing it because he's a mean person, he's trying to hurt people like for yeah. no reason. Like there is there is reason behind it and, and it's hard when you people know that people are bad and then but nothing happens because they're above the law. Yeah. So that's why I'm like he's almost kind of like a vigilante trying to like protect people. Um, Again, another great, morally great character. Exactly. I love it. I'm curious. Who who would you have said that's the same one as mine? Um, <clears throat> I The Darkling. So I don't know if I would have thought of the characters from Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Um, but definitely The Darkling. Because he's yeah. just... He is just up and down as a character. He's like, he's good. He's bad. He's bad. He's okay. He's bad. He's good. He's bad. Oh my God. He's sacrificing himself for the good of the world. Like, and then, oh my God, he's bad again. Yeah. It's like, make up your mind. Like, you're like a teenager. Well, he has got mummy issues, so. He does. He does have mummy issues. Mummy issues. Yeah. You're right. But yeah, no, I, and also, of course, I like, we can't forget our favorite character in Bruce Reverse, which is, of course, the Prince of the King of Scars. Oh, Nikolai. Yeah. Nikolai. He's just. Because he is amazing. He is. And I think the thing that I like about him is he, he has like this split um, kind of identity because he has so much pressure <laughs> that he, you know, is this pirate yeah. as well. And it's just. And he, yeah, and he's also expected to be royalty. And then he literally does have a split personality. Yeah. True. Exactly. <laughs> also, would you call it a split really personality well or would you call it like a split personality is like downplaying it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a split identity. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, no, he, um, he's, he's played really well in the second series of, of Shadow and Bone. I wouldn't know. <laughs> As of yet. I mean, I've seen trailers. I've seen him, so I know he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, he is brilliant. So, all right. So, characters, the good, the bad, the ugly. That means it's time for either or character style. By the way, that's what you have to call out this episode. Characters, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, absolutely. That has to be the episode name. <laughs> you got it. All right. Are you ready for either or? I would be if my mouse hasn't gone dead. Yeah, ready. <laughs> okay. Well, if, so if your mouse goes dead and you can't pull it up, it just means you can't cheat. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> not cheating too much. <laughs> That's true. All right. Back and forth, either or, ten questions. We do our best to not elaborate on our reasoning. Yes, we do. Don't we, Holly? <laughs> we, we do. We do. We're, we're pushing this a little long, so I'm going to try not to not to talk about anything. All right. This is all based on characters. So you give your answer and then I give my answer. <clears throat> all right. Number one, do you prefer instant attraction to the character or where you grow to love them? Grow to love. Grow to love. Do you like a bad character turned good or good character turned bad? Good turned bad. I'm probably going to go good turned bad as well. <laughs> Do you like a big cast of characters or only a few? Oh, big cast. God, it depends. I know. <laughs> and I wrote the question. <laughs> I know you did. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have to go big cast. Um, complex and whole or basic and straightforward? Complex and whole. Absolutely. Got to have a complex character. Happy ending or a tragic ending for the main character? That's horrible. <laughs> I mean, happy ending? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, happy ending because I hate books that make me cry. I read to get away from the world. <laughs> okay. That's why you didn't read Stephen King. <laughs> exactly. All right. Do you prefer sweet and kind or sassy and sarcastic? Oh, sassy and sarcastic. Absolutely sassy and sarcastic. <laughs> Do you prefer human characters or, or those fantastic, like fantasy-based characters? Fantasy characters. Me too. Human so far, stuff. we've been the same on all of these. <laughs> I mean, of course we have. This is like normal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, all right. Do you prefer unreliable characters or predictable characters? Uh, unreliable. Absolutely unreliable. <laughs> Do you prefer the outlaw type character or the innocent character? Outlaw. Outlaw. Heck yeah. Obviously. And then <laughs> would you prefer a character who has a tragic past or a tragic future? Oh, tragic past. I'm going to go tragic past as well. Oh, my God. We were 10 for 10. Of course we were. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, I don't know. I think we've been close. Uh, probably. All right. Well, super fun. So uh, thank you, everyone, for um, hanging out with us today, listening to us talk about characters. I feel like we talked about a lot of different, like, variety of books more than we normally do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. Um, like numbers, we, it's nice. Yeah. Um, and like we said, we will be back in two weeks. Um, next episode will drop around August 21st. It'll be our book club episode where we discuss the ins and outs of Fourth Wing, um, which has been a phenomenal book and a huge, huge hit um, worldwide right now as far as its popularity is going. So, um, I mean, I'm waiting for the movie adaptation news. It's got to come, hasn't it? It's got to so come. Big. They, they've got to buy the movie right. Somebody's got to buy it. They're going to get – yeah, they, this, with the popularity of this, whoever is able to win exactly. and score the rights He's to it is going to have like a blockbuster video or 100%. blockbuster movie with it. Um, all right, so until then, Liz, tell everyone where they can find you. 
Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, which is at Lizzie's Little Book Nook. And you can find my website, lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. How about you, Holly? So I'm on Instagram at azdesert underscore bookworm. And my website is just www.azdesertbookworm.com. And, you know, we're there. Uh, life has been busy, so we're probably not <laughs> on Instagram quite as much as we normally are. Um, we'll get better. We'll, uh, we'll we, get better. We will <laughs> get better. <laughs> let's, we'll get through the next few weeks, and then it'll get, it'll get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so the next one in two weeks, our last one of the summer. I know. Well, then, for me, before you know, I technically see summer <laughs> as being over, over. Um, but that's just because we all go back to school this week. So <laughs> school means yeah, school. our schools don't go back until beginning of September. Yeah, a lot so of them on the East Coast uh, school tends to go to start later. Like when I was in school um, on the East Coast in Virginia, we started the day after Labor Day, and. Um, I think schools out there are beginning to start a little bit earlier, but still not as early as we, we do. We already have schools in Arizona that are back, have been back for a week. Wow. Maybe yeah. it's the weather. Maybe because you break up earlier because, obviously, you're especially hot during mm-hmm. this, that part of the summer. So yeah. kids can actually get away from kind of the heat of the school. Yeah. There's a there's a massive influx to California during the summer months <laughs> from Arizona. That and uh, Rocky <laughs> Point in Mexico. Mexico and California is where everyone goes. Okay. So, yeah, because we're so close to, to both of those places. So, um, but anyways, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> so until then, we hope that you guys read amazing books. You have two weeks to finish Fourth Wing so that you can listen Still to the right. show and not have anything spoiled for you because you know it'll be you full of spoilers because we have, have a lot, a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, just read it. All right. So until read then, it. read some good books, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Happy reading.